me a favor, go ahead and get John 15, and we'll start at verse 1. And so for our class today, we're going to be discussing um, greater relationship and kind of what it looks like and the, the, the dynamics of it and all that good stuff there. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing he prunes back so, I will, so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I've spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, in, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Keep going. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown onto the bonfire. If, but if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciple. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commandments and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember? I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember not the root command. But remember the root command. Love one another. So... I want us to start off with trying to understand, you know, kind of the dynamic of the whole, you know, there's God, Christ, us, and the Holy Spirit. I kind of want us to understand that. So, in the beginning of the text, it was talking about, you know, I am the vine, and my father, which in my version is the vine dresser or gardener. All right, and we're just branches off that vine, which, you know, you know, it's the body of Christ and all that good stuff. So in that, we see God wants, like Christ wants us to be a part of him. It's not like, you know, we're the fruit that came from the vine. Like we're the actual vine that bears that fruit, if you see what I'm saying. You know, we're not, you know, regardless of, I, I won't say regardless, but with with the text, it shows, you know, everything that we do, anytime we want to bear fruit, we have to be connected to him. You know what I'm saying? Because we are the vine. Um, I, I, I think that's good, like, um, to show the relationship between us and Christ and how, like, we're kind of in some way the same once you become a Christian. Like, you have the same goals and um, aspirations as God does to bear Mm -hmm. That's true. And I was going to say too that, like in the Old Testament, how 
Um, they refer like back to like Israel as like the vine or vineyard or like vineyard. Or the vineyard. vineyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they like refer back to that a lot, and that's sort of how we are now. Because then like Jesus came like when he was here, he said that he was like the true vine, and then now that like carries on like the theme like you hear about that a lot. Like right, <clears throat> that's a good comparison. I didn't um, know. I didn't know that at all. And so in that, you know, he goes through and with relationship, if there's nothing coming from it, I'm not saying that, you know, necessarily we'll be the ones to just cut somebody off. But, you know, in here, you know, it kind of shows, you know, I am the vine, uh, you are the branches. I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading five right now. Uh, Whoever abides in me, I am him. He that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So going back to what I was saying, like we, you know, we have to have that relationship with Christ. You know, it's just imperative to. Um, if verse anyone, nine. verse nine speaks to that. Mm-hmm. I was about to say I was about to get down to it. Um, if anyone does not abide in me. Uh, he is thrown away like a branch that in withers, and the branch, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burn. Which you get that imagery there. You know, if you don't, basically saying if you don't do what you're supposed to do down here, you know what the ultimate, you know, destination is for you and all that. So in six, to me it shows because I, I see I, I view Christ as our ultimate. Uh, example for everything, for the way we walk, the way we should talk, you know, the way our mindsets. So in six, it's saying that, you know, if you don't abide in me, and I may be kind of making it like a, kind of a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, the branch, you know, that specific branch will be thrown away and it will wither and it'll be thrown into the fire. So sometimes in relationships, you know, me and Andre may be cool. But if he's doing nothing, whatever. <laughs> but if he's not contributing to my spirituality, you know, that, that, that may be a vine in your life that you need to cut off and separate from. And I think that goes back to, I think it's about verse 3, when it says, um, And every branch is, that is great bearing, he prunes back, so it will bear even more. And I, yeah, like you were saying, um, and even what Kennedy was saying about how when Jesus came, he was the, he said he was the true vine. Like, if you're not, if you're not helping somebody, your brother or sister spiritually, then you're just there. Like, you're not even a part of the vine, you know? Right. Because, <clears throat> y'all. Yeah. Speak on, like, piggyback off what you're saying, tell Jordan out, like, I got one down, like, come to church. We come to church because, it's in a place of encouragement. Like you might not need to come to church because you need encouragement, but other people around you need encouragement. Mm-hmm. So it's good to come to church, not because of an obligation, but because you want to encourage your fellow Christians and mm-hmm. believers around you. So, I, 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 yeah, basically, like mm-hmm. just said. Somebody give me Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-five. Chapter 25. Chapter 25. I mean, chapter 10, verse 25. Here, can I start back from 24? Because it's like in the middle of the sentence. That's fine. Okay. 
and not let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I haven't read that before. That's basically like, if you go back and read, it's just basically talking about like church and the place of worship. When you come to a place of worship, like I feel like a lot of times, some, some, I ain't gonna say y'all here, but I feel like sometimes I sometimes just come to church because it's an obligation. You know what I mean? Because I gotta be here. Like it's what I'm supposed to do. I don't come here because I desire and want to be here, and I want to worship and and strive for the Lord. So I feel like if we do that, then that will become a better if our relationship with Christ will, will be greater and become greater as well with our other Christians and uh, believers around us. And it's, like the, it's like preparing you for what's to come. Like my version says, um, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Like it shows how valuable it is. It's not just that you're doing it just because like you're doing it preparing for when Jesus comes back. Because mm -hmm. that's how it's going to be up there. You yeah. know, you're going to be Might as well. Right. Yeah. Friends on them Right. Because that's, yeah, that's a good point how people say like, I don't really need to come because it's not really benefiting me or like, I'm fine. I can worship at home. Like, you can worship at home. Yeah, in heaven. You're going to be like, that's something that is important. Like you need to get to love your brothers and sisters down here because Hopefully, like, if they're doing right and if you're doing right and you're pruning each other like you're supposed to. Tied in uh, with that, you know, it's in 4, back to John 15. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit <coughs> by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So, kind of going back to what you all were saying, that relationship. You know, I can't, it, it, it'll be one of those things, like, I can't be my best self without Andre there to compliment what I already have in me. The fruit that Kennedy bears isn't the same as the one that Nugget bears. You know, the one that Janae bears isn't the same as Christian and so on and so forth. So, you know, where I'm where I'm lacking, and this is also a very key part of having a relationship, you know, within, you know, the, the body of Christ. You know, if I'm lacking somewhere, you know, there's somebody else where I lack they compliment you know not everybody's an apple tree yeah i was another way to like help bear fruit and like be that what christ talked about in john chapter 15 be, be that great mind or whatever and praying i feel like in our prayer we can be more honest with god like sometimes i feel like we aren't fully honest with god when we pray so like for instance like you might pray about your grades or something like lord please help me in school please help me do good on this test but are you telling the God, all right, even though I'm not studying like I'm supposed to be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Will you still help me on this test? So I feel like sometimes if we pray, when we pray, if we be fully honest with God, then that'll help us, our relationship. Because sometimes, like, I mean, if you think about it, God already knows what you're thinking. God knows what you're going through. God knows all your thoughts and everything about you. So, I mean, might as well just open up and be honest with him instead of holding back. Because when you hold back, then he can't give you in full if that makes sense mm -hmm. so I think if we, if we pray and be honest and fully honest with God then that help our relationship as well but before we can be honest with God we have to be honest with ourselves yeah. first and foremost True. you True. know we got to understand you know where I'm lacking you know you got to understand like if my thing is talking back to somebody 
or talking back to authority, you know, whoever it is, parents, teachers, whoever, you know, I have to humble myself enough to realize that, you know, I have to, you know, examine myself and before you can have a relationship with anybody, you have to have that relationship with God. And so it's one of those things like before you have a relationship with God, you have to understand where you stand or else he won't be able to send down the blessings to help you grow into the person that you're supposed to be going. Mm -hmm. I was going to say too, like with humility, I think that's really important that um, we all like kind of do that and have like a self-awareness because mm -hmm. that's the place, like you said, when God can like really use you and stuff. And a lot of times we think of humility as like being ran over or like letting somebody right. walk on you like a mat or whatever. But it's really, that's like all Christ did. And that's what we have to do is like be like humble and yeah, like, yourself. yeah, because right. then he can like use you. And a lot of times we think that um, humility gets like confused with like, um, like, yeah, that and like being embarrassment to yeah. like humility like i mean like people humiliated. like hum yeah being humiliated yeah. that's different like, than yeah. humiliated is mm -hmm. something that someone else does to you yeah. you have to humiliate we yourself. think that god is when you're talking with god so yeah like it's, it's too different yeah because we think that god's like humiliating us like when people do that test or whatever but i think it's god just like really like I think this word shows like the perfect example of humility and where God is like it has God as the gardener which is like the head the one that's doing everything the source and then it comes down with Jesus as the vine and then us as the branches but we're all producing fruit the end goal is still fruit is still positivity is still goodness but he's the source and we're just pieces off of that source and that's why I kind of like how they gave that imagery of it and going back to, you know, what I was saying earlier, you know, we all have different roles. And if we don't humble ourselves, I'm going to be over here trying to do what Andre's doing when I'm supposed to be over here focusing on this. And if I don't focus on this, all of this over here. It's lacking. Mm -hmm. It's going that. undone. It's not. And somebody, and, and I remember who, I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but I remember, you know, at the end of the day, God's will is going to be done. But if if it's your purpose to do, let's say, Christian, it's your purpose to preach, but you decide not to, somebody else can step up, you know, in that place. The show will still go on, but it won't be how, you know, the effect isn't going to be the same mm -hmm. as if, you know, you were to do it. You know, so I just think that's, you know, I think that's nice how they kind of, even, even, it's like in a sense, even they were humble mm -hmm. in how they, in their delivery. Because it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like Christ was like, oh, no, no, like, I, I'm, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. No, no, it's like they understood their roles, you know, and, and all that good mm -hmm. stuff there. I think that's good too with how you saying like earlier you were like if you don't humble yourself you'll find yourself trying to do what he's supposed to do when you're supposed to be somewhere else. I think that verse was it Hebrews that you just told us to read. Yeah, it was Hebrews chapter um, 10 verse 25. I think that speaks to that because it tells you to motivate each other. So although y'all have got separate things going on, you're motivating him. He's motivating you. You all have a common goal, and you'll get to that just because you're coming together. You're motivating each other to do 
good works and good deeds. Yeah, you know? and, and then like when you do things that way, to me it seems like it's more fun and you're more apt to do it. Like mm -hmm. for instance, like if I'm all in Jordan's space and I'm doing what Jordan's supposed to be doing and he knows I'm doing what he's supposed to be doing, in his head he's thinking, man, you don't go on, go back and do what you yeah. to do, you know what I mean? So like if I just stay over here doing what I'm supposed to be doing and Jordan knows I'm taking care of what I'm supposed to be doing as well as him doing the same, it just makes things more fun and the connection and relationship right there would be better as to where Jordan wouldn't hold in, hold in, wouldn't be holding any animosity towards me because I'm yeah. over here trying to do his task for the church, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if y'all did this in school, but I did. Have y'all ever had it to where, like, in art class, you have, like, this one big picture everybody's trying to make, but you have one person do one corner, the other one do the other oh, corner, yeah. and so on, and then it comes together as a masterpiece? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like that. But, like, when you try to overstep your boundaries, and everybody's working on one picture and trying to paint that one picture, it never works out as good as if... You did your best at what you can do. They did their best at what you can do, and then you put it all together. I think that also ties into like everybody in the same and like in certain things. Like Jordan can do something better than I can. For instance, like say it was drawing or something. Jordan might be able to draw better than I can, but can Jordan play video games better than me? No, does that make sense? So everybody has their own field. Well, yeah, like, they're like good at. It. So I mean, like like if Kennedy can sing really good, and I'm and Christian's really good at the video things of churches. Both of y'all, no offense, if both of y'all are like singing, singing, you know, then like, there's something missing. Yeah, yeah. there's something missing. Yeah. There's a, like on that picture thing, like if everybody's working on that one corner, there are three different pictures that ain't done. And yeah. there's like an eye, you know, mouth, nose, ears, and you know what it's I mean? A really big eye. <laughs> <laughs> really fat eye. Nobody wants, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. And I was going to say too, if everybody realizes like the importance of your own job, sort of like what we've been saying. Like, I know a lot of times, um, like, in other churches, I've heard, like, my friends, they, like, I know, like, the way, like, I don't know, they, like, put a whole bunch of, like, faith in their, like, preacher, and it's, like, they're, like, it, like, and it's, like, I don't know, we don't really do that, because we don't have one set preacher, everybody's just, like, you oh, know, gets yeah. the chance, but they have one set, and, like, they go to him for everything, and he just thinks he's a stuff properly, you know what I'm saying? And I see that on TV, too, but, like, um... I just think it's important if you know, like, your job and the importance of it and still are humble in it. It's not, like, it's like what Andre said, it's more fun to, like, work together and stuff like that. And um, I was going to say what I remembered was, like, in First John when I was talking about, um, like, how can you love a guy that you've never seen before but, like, see your friends all the time or whatever, you know? I think that's important to, like, love one another, like, relationship with people that, you know, you see all the time. But you can't love them unless you... Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that um, I think it's important that we strive to find our branch that we have because if we're focusing on somebody else's or if we see somebody else doing something and then we try to do it, eventually it's going to become a competition and then everybody's working to outdo the next person when really that's not even what you're supposed to be doing. But you don't know and then it just becomes a problem and then it's in its relationships yeah. all because you didn't do the right thing. Right. And there's yeah, still one job. <laughs> and that was good what he said, because what I was going to say kind of had something to do with that. I think it's important for us to, like he said, pray and get that relationship with God, as well as studying his word and things like that, so that you can know what your purpose is. Like a lot of times we talk about how we need to work, stay in our own lane, do what we, we're good at, but some of us don't know. 
you know. Right. So I think it's like when you get that connection with God, He'll reveal to you mm-hmm. where you need to be. Piggyback off what Janae saying, Psalms one thirty nine verses one through ten. No, one through six. It says, "Oh Lord, you have examined my heart." And know everything about me. You know, when I sit sit down and stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know, everything I do, you know what I am going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You, you place your hand of, bless, of blessing on me, on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. So I feel like that verse is like, if, I feel like the verse is telling us, like, God knows you. Even though if you don't know your purpose, God knows your purpose. So if you seek God and ask for his help and his His guidance, I feel like God will put you in the position for your purpose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, you may not know what your purpose is, but if I'm praying and I'm coming to church and I'm living out faithfully and I'm living according to God's faith and his words, then I feel like, and I'm praying and I want to know my purpose, God will eventually put you in your purpose and show you what your purpose is. What were you saying, Tim? Uh, I was saying that's where the Holy Spirit comes back into play. Um, God gives you that purpose. God understands what your purpose is for you. And God places that in the Holy Spirit to tell you. That's where um, Jordan was talking about at the beginning of the class. You have to be able to hear the Holy Spirit, hear God talking in you. Um, And a lot of times we miss how important that is and how impactful that is because in the Church of Christ, we brush it off a lot, but that's literally one of the only ways you get your intent, the purpose, and the intent of your purpose living in you. You're able to see it day by day based off of how you interpret that, your relationship with God. Um, another thing the Holy Spirit does, it is a, it allows you to connect with other people with that same spirit. That's how you stay. That's how you keep connected. That's talking about the true vine. God is that true. Jesus is the true vine. We're flowing off of him. But we also have branches flowing off of us too. The people that we influence. And we keep that connection based on the Holy Spirit. I think that when you could stay connected to God too, he'll make your talent your purpose. Like if you look at Moses, he had a talent for... Um, hurting like animals and things like that, keeping them together. So he made him the shepherd over his people. He made his talent his purpose. Or you look at Joseph who had the dreams and that was his talent. He knew how to interpret dreams and he allowed that to be his purpose. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. So how do we get to the point to love someone that much? Number one, I think that you have, it's like a prerequisite. You have to like love yourself because that's something that I think not everybody, I think um, in the world while there's probably so much hatred is because people have like trust issues and they don't love themselves first and then like it's just like a big thing. I think it starts with self. Like we said, it was like self-examination. And then I think once you get that, then you're able to like, I don't know, like your head is more clear to love others. I don't know about y'all, but one thing that really helps me with myself is praying. Like, I sometimes I just go home after school and like just sit and pray, like for an hour, 30, 45 minutes, something like that, and just pray, and it helps myself. Like, like I got this one class, statistics too, bro. Oh man, I'm talking about it stresses me out. It makes me, it just puts bad vibes in my soul. You know what I mean? Like, I just I can't stand going to the class. I, 
the teacher irritates me, so it just puts me in a bad mood. But when I go home and I pray about it, I don't know, it kind of helps myself and kind of puts me, lifts me back up and makes me think positive and, and more like Jesus, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was also going to say, um, talking about that, we get, like, that's the beauty of, like, um, now, like, after Jesus died in, in the New Testament, how we have the gift of, like, the Holy Spirit and, like, how we have access to it now. And that's what, like, if you go on, like, in 16, when it talks about the Holy Spirit, like, after like, that's what Jesus is telling the disciples is, like, they're, like, facing their trials and stuff. Like, that's, like, the beauty of it all. Like what Tim said, you get, like, if, I don't know if you let it, then you're able to hear it when you get it from, like, being baptized and everything. Like, that's, like, really nice to me, realizing that I have access to it. Right. So, question in the room. Do we all kind of, like, have a general idea of the Holy Spirit and how it works and everything like that? A lot. It's so complex because even in the next chapter, starting, it's like 4 through, I think, 15, you know, Christ, he was, you know, talking about the Spirit. He was, you know, talking to his disciples, um, Mm -hmm. telling them, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going home to the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, but in the way he was saying it, and I'm paraphrasing but, you know, it's better for me to go away because then the helper can come. So, you know, Christ is doing all these amazing things. And it's like even Christ is basically to me, to my understanding, Christ is saying the Holy Spirit is more beneficial in your everyday walk. You know, I mean, they're all I'm not going to be there. Right. You know, in your everyday walk, the Holy Spirit is more beneficial to you all, to my people than I was, you know, here physically, if that makes sense. I don't want to, like, you know, word that wrong, but go ahead, Janet. No, go ahead. I think that's good. Like, in verse 7 of that chapter, it calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. And then Mm -hmm. on it also says the comforter or encourager or counselor. Like, Mm -hmm. in verse 6, it was saying, now you're grieving because what I told you. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes as a comforter. It comes as an encourager. It comes as a counselor to help you, like, get through things. Although the situation may be the same, because of him, you're going to get through it. Right, right. It's it, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, and this is the way I was just, like, I, I was talking to um, Pops about, about to Desi about yes, it. Yes, I was talking to Desi too. And the way, he, the way he described it to me. God is like the Father. You know, God the Father is all that. You know, Christ is the big brother. You know what I'm saying? So so, so you go through him to kind of be like, hey, man, like, you know, you she think we get, get we, yeah. Like, hey, man, like, you, you think you can uh, get us to go to the movies, this, that, and the other, all that. And then get me in the, game. the Holy Spirit <laughs> is like your homeboy. Brother Desi also said that if you're holding something in your heart, Besides the Holy Spirit, then that's wrong. Then you're blocking room for the Holy Spirit to enter your heart. So, like, if I'm mad at Jalen holding animosity towards Jalen because for some reason, then I should let that go. Because if not, then I'm blocking room for the Holy Spirit to be able to flow through me and enter through my heart. And then what you just said, you know, going to the verse 12 of 16, um, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Talking, going back to his disciples. When the spirit of truth comes to you, he will guide you into the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he 
whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So going back to what you're saying, you know, in a kind of transitioning, we can't, if we have that animosity and we don't have that, that open relationship with ourselves first and foremost, it's cutting off the Holy Spirit. He can't come in and do yeah. his job, what he's supposed to do, and guide you all because... You know, somebody owes you like five dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. You're about to miss out on not only blessing mm -hmm. yourself, but adding to the kingdom as a whole. Yeah. Like you're you, yes. you're about to be that vine that, excuse me, that's cut off, mm -hmm. all because you're not letting, you know, all, all because you're getting in your own self way, your own your own way. Mm -hmm. And so that's and that's that's honestly like a big thing that you know I see within myself honestly, is. And, and I can feel it um, sometimes too. You know, I can I can feel when I'm not connected to God because I'll have, you know, work will stress me out. Someone that made me mad, you know, this, that, and the other, and it'll it'll put this cloud in my heart, and it's it's almost it's almost like um, whenever, like whenever you see like the medieval times and you have like the little drawbridge and everything, but you have the the walls. It's like if the walls were up and the drawbridge wasn't down, mm. nobody could come in. There's no love that can come in, so you can't, you know, love anybody else. Mm. You can't have any more relationship, you know. So and the spirit can't come in, so you can't be guided to the people that need you or that you need. So it's just uh, one of those things, just to make sure that we don't get in our own selves way. And I think that's why God put all of us together to help each other out. Because if you have somebody to hold you accountable, and like that verse said earlier, I never heard that verse before today. So that's why I keep <laughs> talking either. about it. And it was pretty Hebrew good. Verse? Yeah, I've never <laughs> either. Like I've heard stuff that sounds similar, but I haven't right, heard that. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But um, when that one, like it tells you to motivate and encourage each other, I think that's what helps you through. So like you don't have to get to that point where you're so low that. You can't let anybody in or let any love out as well because you have those people that when they see you getting a little bit out of yourself, they come back and motivate you to do better and to get back on the right track. That's good. I feel like spending time, like, I think I said this earlier, but like friends, we have all our friends outside our church and like that aren't followers of Christ or whatever. And sometimes I feel like we want to spend more time with them than we want to do with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what I mean? And I feel like if we do spend time with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, sisters in Christ, and build those relationships, then our relationship with Christ will also begin to be greater and build up as well. Because I feel like a lot of times when we do hang out with like friends outside of church or whatever, we start to get into old ways before we were saved. You know what I mean? Like just old ways to start doing things that we wouldn't normally do. As Christians, and I feel like that can like disconnect and draw a bridge there between Christ and ourselves as well. Yeah, I was gonna say Pooh when we were like in like younger, he would explain that sort of how um, like the difference between friends and associates was like uh, friends are supposed to be like your brothers and sisters in Christ, where you can like a friend, someone you can call like when you're down, and they're supposed to give you good advice, but like friend outside may not give you like the best advice so it's like you should have and sort of how Jesus had um, his 12 
apostles, but he had his three that he took to pray with him like, before he was crucified. And so, like, that's sort of how he said, like, you can have, like, a group of 12 like, you need your people. Circle. Yeah, but you need, like, your circle needs to be mm-hmm. people that are, like, like-minded and spiritual, stuff like that. Yeah. And he said, um, well, we're talking about kind of, like, bearing fruit and stuff like that. He was saying, he would say, like, um, Oh, yeah, he would talk about how, um, like, when it comes to teaching and things like that, it needs to be, like, a boundary. That's not what I was going to say, but that's great. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to be, like, a business-type relationship, you know, like, like Like boundaries. Like, I'm here for a purpose. Yeah. This is my purpose. Boundaries. And, like, um, like Andre was saying, like, uh, you should hang out with them more. Like, you shouldn't be, like... Like hanging, like just hanging out. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like if your if your goal is that, then okay. But more than likely, because like it's so hard to like have like I don't know a regular conversation. Like yeah, most likely you're not gonna be like 100 percent just like straight. And that's how you like become friends with people too, like uh, being relatable. Like, if me and Kennedy are just like, you know, like, if you have a class with somebody and y'all are, like, friends, I'm sure y'all have something in common, you know? If you don't have anything in common with them, it's like, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? I understand. So what do you want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's important, too, for you, you to get your relationship right with God so you can be an asset in those situations. Because you don't want to be that one person where... You know, you're trying to build up your group of friends that build each other up, yes. and you're that one person that's bringing everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> but you the that's one trying to build a circle, you know? <laughs> that's what Javen was saying last week um, when he was talking about Latiner. He was like, yeah, just yeah. make sure you're um, being friends with good people. Because, you know, like if everybody's going out to the party and you're like, I don't want to go, guys. I don't think I'm going to go this time. You know it's what I mean? It's like, awkward. Just throw really, yourself with Yeah. But also, don't cut yourself off from the world either, because I know that's like something that. So we're um, in line. Yeah, that was like. Not, yeah, it's like, don't don't like completely cut it off. You gotta go out somewhere. I mean, like they, <laughs> you can't always just bring them to like, church. Like right. you can't do that. That makes yeah. me like. Right. People are like, yeah, you gotta stop. No, like I have to. I can't just always bring them to church. I have to go out. You know what I'm saying? But you got. I think first before you choose to hang out with church people, you have to have your mind right first. Yep. What's the reason that you choose to hang with people in the world? Because you feel like mm-hmm. you can get away with doing all the stuff yeah. that you yeah. want. Oh, that's the reason that a lot of times we don't choose to hang out with Christians because you know, if I say this for him, he gonna say something, he gonna check me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a mindset kind of thing first. That's why we struggle too. But if we really get our mind together and we're like, I really need to get my stuff together. Who's going to help me to do that better? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to check me? They don't have, all the time have, you know, we can have conversations, even about even the stuff that we struggle with. Don't just have to be a judgment factor, but make sure that we hold each other accountable. And it's good to have other friends so they can do that to you, but, but make sure that we're doing it for our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Once we see them struggling with something, we don't know that we say, hey, but I, I love you and I want you to do better. Seeing you do good helps me do good. So mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that yeah. I also believe like if we are do have our, our relationship in line with Christ and we are <laughs> where we need to be, I feel like people around us who aren't where they need to be will notice that yeah, and want to strive to be where we are and be like us, if that makes sense. Or at least around you. Or, 
You know what I mean? Go ahead. Or they'll they'll keep you distant. Yeah, they know right. They know who you are and what, right. what you stand for. Yeah. yeah, darkness does not mm-hmm. like light. Like, mm-hmm. like that's real. And as Christians, you know we're we're supposed to be the light of the world. Mm-hmm. You know we're supposed to shine light where there's darkness. And if there's somebody that's wallowing in misery, when you're walking around upbeat and happy, because you know you know. Well, at least for me, you you know you got certain bills that you didn't think was gonna get paid that got paid. If you understand the Holy Spirit, you understand the many blessings, like the little mini I call them mini blessings, but you know the little mini blessings, the things that we see that are small. The fact that you know I had something to eat coming into church. The fact that I have clothes on my back. The fact that you know at where I work, there's people that you know. <clears throat> have having to get amputations, you know. I ha- I have all my limbs. I'm able to go play basketball. You know, do um, I forgot what he played for, but you know, I work at I work at a doctor's office, an orthopedic center in Huntsville, and we see and I see so many cases of people, and they and whenever they come in, they're scared. They're you know they feel and you can and you can see it in their eyes. They feel alone because in that moment, whatever you're going through is, you know, the worst thing that's happening in the world, at, you know, at the time. So although, you know, and one thing I believe, you know, it's a mindset like Jamie was saying. And one thing with the Holy Spirit that, that I see that helps me is it helps me rationalize everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, this bill might not get paid, but... He already, but like when I was five years old, I had heart surgery. Like I was born with a hole in my heart. Why am I tripping about a couple dollars? When he literally saved my life. Like I don't have to be here. When you understand that aspect of it, it'll change your whole perspective on a lot of stuff. Like on a lot of a lot of the stuff that you go through. Like if you fig- if you just keep that in the back of your mind, like he already did X Y Z. He got me. He already did this, that, and the other. He got me. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how I got on, on that, but... That makes sense. Yeah, because it's like that... Yeah, it's like the comforter, like that peace that exactly. other people don't have, that nobody mm-hmm. else can give you. But that's what you get, like, when you, like, study his word and, like, get that. It's like that peace that nobody can get you, like, give you, and, like, it's like no, no other, and it's like that comfort that you get. That, And I can t- see, like, why other people would be scared and stuff, because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Right. Like and they never, and they, it's one of those things, until you experience it, you won't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't understand true peace until, you know, you have that connection with the Holy Spirit, because you know it's not you that's ordering your steps. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot easier to do something when you already have. Like, it, it, it's it's easier when you have a test and it's an open book test. I was going to say that's good how you were like that once you have the Holy Spirit, you have like a different understanding of things. I think like the Holy Spirit is what gives you understanding. Like, Jesus gave the truth. But the Holy Spirit makes you understand. That's so good. Like, just with that scripture you were talking about, I think it was in John that you were talking about, where he told his disciples that, hey, basically he was going to have to die and all this stuff was going to happen. But I'm grieving now. But when I leave, the comforter can come in Mm. and give you an understanding of what I've said, you know? All right. Anything else before we close down? All right. I'll say this. 
Um, personally and recently, we've had two miscarriages before we actually got pregnant. The first miscarriage was, was hard. Don't get me wrong, the second was hard as well. But after the first miscarriage, we cried, we prayed, we fasted. We purposefully asked to have vision and insight to the Holy Spirit, to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. Our mindsets and our life started changing. Portia lost her job after the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. I had to support all of us, you know. Then Portia got another job. She hated it. All of this was falling right in line. At the same time, I got stagnant on my job. You know, promotions stopped coming, everything like that. So it's like, what is really going on? Second miscarriage, our, our faith and our purpose was different for our lives. And we saw things start to change again. Of course, she got a new job, one that she actually loved. And I was able to get out of where I was and the visions for investing and opening our own daycare, those lanes started coming into play. So when you go through hard times, that's when God tests your faith. Test the Holy Spirit that's in you, where, how good you can hear Him. Once you're able to, and you're you're not going to understand it when you're going through good times. Let's just get that out of the way. It's it's a lot easier, as ironic as it is, it's a lot easier to hear the Holy Spirit when you're going through tough stuff, and it'll mold you if you listen the right way. We were able to come out of that situation. We were able to see things line up in a positive way, but it wasn't until we understood what the purpose what the purpose was for our lives, what the Holy Spirit was telling us. And that's that's kind of what what Jordan's saying. When you go through those things, that's when you find out your your purpose and how how you can influence your life and the lives around you. Mm -hmm. And that um, goes back to the first thing we talked about with Portia and um, Tim being on the a part of the vine, part of the vineyard, gave God the opportunity to prune them in that situation, like gave you the insight to the next time she had a miscarriage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think it would have turned out the way that it turned out if you wouldn't have been in the vineyard. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. Did you write? I felt you move that 